Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 99 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. And thank you for listening. If it's your first time here, we talk about movie and video game news as well as what we watched or played over the week. My name is Barry, along with my partner for the last, like, good 95 <laughs> podcasts. Yeah. I think there was maybe one or two, and one or two that I missed, but my co-host here, Craig. My name is Craig. Um, yeah, I guess we have. We should go back and see how many we've missed. I know I missed at least one or two. And I think I think I did two or three. Yeah, there was like those two or three weeks you were out, but we've been pretty consistent. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. But, you know, it's we're the duo here. We're <laughs> we're doing the news and news this week is kind of all over the place. So we yeah. might as well get started with it. Uh first up is the Steam Deck comes out. First overall impressions, people like it. Is it something I'm going to get? No. <laughs> Not something that interests me at all. But People and reviews have been saying that they're pretty impressed with how it performs uh, with con like high-end uh, computer games, despite it being a portable. Just kind of goes to show how, like, oh, Valve can pull off a high-powered uh, portable unit. Why can't Nintendo? <laughs> That's true. Um, is it just strictly streaming? Is that what it's doing? Yeah, it's yeah. Okay. It is primarily just Wi-Fi and whatnot, and then you can. You can save the games, I'm pretty sure, because that's why it has an internal uh, M.2 drive into it. Mm -hmm. So you're able to access these games offline as well, as long as they're saved to that hard drive. And is it every game or not? See, I didn't look as much into it as I should have. I would assume it's probably anything on the Steam library, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And the price? It depends. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, there's like models. I think it starts at like four hundred dollars, but can go all the way up to about six hundred or seven hundred dollars, depending on how much RAM right. and how much internal storage you want in the system. So technically, you could do this if your PC was lacking, right? Maybe. Uh, so I watched a Linus Tech uh, Linus Tech Tips video on it, and like they were playing Control. Okay. And control played all right at 30 FPS. Like you're not okay. getting gaming computer gaming quality out of it. Right. Uh, it's a portable system. But the fact that you can play a game like control on the go on an OK, like um, yeah. on OK FPS and OK graphics settings, it's pretty impressive. I like the idea of it. I think it's a, a decent idea. I just know the track record of Steam with their peripherals <laughs> and how they don't do well looking at the controller and all that. So hopefully it sticks around. I like I do. I don't know if I would want to spend the money, um, but I don't know. I guess if you wanted to play your stuff on the go, maybe it's, it's not for somebody like me, but I could see a decent market for this out there, I guess. Yeah. I I know a couple I, I only know like two or three people that got it and they said mm -hmm. that they've liked it so far. Okay. But it's nothing that like changes it for them. Like it's not like it's just a a way for them to play like, you know, some single player computer games or something like that without right. being attached to the computer. Whether or not, you know, you're downstairs and, you know, your family's watching like sports and they're like paying attention to the game but then also playing on the Steam handheld thing. So <laughs> It, you know, it has its benefits and it looks like it does all right. I, I'm interested to see the sales numbers with it, because to be honest, I don't know many people that got it. I don't know many people that were excited for it. It's not like it's not like a Nintendo Switch console where there's all of these people waiting in lines for it and trying to get it with all these exclusives, because most of the games on PC you can get on, you know, 
other hardware as well. It's true. PC isn't really known for their, I guess, exclusive gaming. It's more about the customizability of it all. Yeah. And it seems like it translates well from mouse and keyboard to handheld, right? Yeah, they have uh, two little uh, like touchpad areas mm-hmm. that seem to respond well as for it. Okay. It's a good way to navigate stuff. And it has to be kind of nice to use those things because nowadays you see like, in, for example, with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, like it's not just like a regular pointy uh, like point and go to the section you want. It's more like a cursor. You have to scroll over to each thing. Right. Okay. I mean, yeah, I I don't think I'll ever buy one unless it ends up like everything else from Steam and it sells for like $100 a couple years down the road. Maybe I'd pick one up then. Um, But yeah, I'm not going to be banging down Steam's door to get one. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, Call of Duty and other news. Uh, Next year's Call of Duty, so not the one coming out this year. But the one following is taking a break, which is unheard of in the Call of Duty world. So no new Call of Duty next year. It'll be in 2023. I don't know how to feel about that because I feel like it's been forever that every year you have a Call of Duty. It's very weird. Yeah, I think I think the stat was like 2005. Mm -hmm. They had been releasing games every year or something like that. Like it's been a while. Like, yeah, it is going to be strange. But, you know, the overall like feeling of this announcement was good. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like a lot of people agreed that they needed to start doing two years off. And like with that other year off, like they're, they picked the right game to maybe take a year off with because, you know, the sequel to modern warfare reimagined in a way should be a very well-selling COD and should be yeah. very popular amongst uh, first person shooter fans and game people alike. Now, how will that team go and support their game for two years is going to be how it all uh, goes down in a way is whether or not like we're going to be seeing the return of more. Well, not more of, but the return of like maps coming in more frequent updates to their game. So it's not like, you know, one year in and they just give up on the game. Maybe they just continue to bring like constant fixes to the game instead of you know a year out go okay we're done with that one we don't have to update it anymore let's go to the next one yeah and plus they're gonna fall back on warzone because they're gonna have that regardless and this supposed warzone 2 or whatever they're calling it coming out um that'll be like the the gap between the two because everybody's still going to be playing warzone i feel like multiplayer on these games doesn't even last a year anyway so maybe this new modern warfare one will stick around a little bit longer than like Vanguard or any of these other ones have. But uh, yeah, I mean, Warzone for sure is their moneymaker. So if they take an extra year in between to make a better single player experience for me, I'll be down with that. Um, I enjoy the Call of Duty single player experience. So yeah, take all the time you need. I'm going to check out this newer Warzone whenever that comes out, I think next year. Um, yep. But yeah, I that's fine by me. I'm not going to be sad. I don't have one every year now. Yeah, I think I think in a way it needed to take off like much how like the Assassin's Creed franchise had to stop releasing games every year. It just took a while for Call of Duty to realize that, hey, especially and it's just too bad it happened with Vanguard. Mm -hmm. But the sales numbers were poor enough from Vanguard that people went, okay, we take a year off now. We make sure these games are good to go from the get go and like maybe come up with something a bit more original 
or maybe a bit more groundbreaking instead of just trying to release the next thing over and over and over again, you know, just trying to either catch on nostalgia or catch on with, you know, developer names or with a certain gimmick. Maybe they'll be able to do a lot more with two years at the helm. Yeah. Next up for me, and this is going to be a fun one for me, is Elden Ring comes out and everybody's treating it like the next game of the millennium, the game of the <laughs> the, the game of the century. A, yep. a game will never come out better than this. Uh, if that doesn't tell you how I feel about Elden Ring, you'll find out once we talk about games. Yes, I'm but excited. <laughs> the game like started off selling like it is selling like hotcakes. Of course, yep. it was. I think it had over six hundred thousand people at steam it's opening day uh like preloaded and everything like that but then you also have elder ring with issues on the pc ports uh, especially the xbox and playstation 5 ports don't seem to be as buggy or anything like that but the pc port definitely people are complaining about a lot more and i feel like we always hear that with these types of games because i feel like the developers are so just focused on getting the uh like the fixed consoles right because you know what their uh capabilities are and it's not going to change inside really whereas with computer you have to be able to descale all the way from graphics cards from 10 years ago to graphics cards today so it's a lot more uh they have to be a lot more flexible in the pc port i just hope that eventually these things get fixed sooner rather than later yeah i think they will um I also saw that the Elden Ring stream numbers is six times greater than any from software game has ever had. Um, so like definitely a lot of people are playing it. It is kind of a bummer that the PC version isn't working as well. Um, are you playing on console or PC? I am playing on console. Okay. Yeah. So am I. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll get it figured out pretty quickly. Um, it doesn't seem like it's like extreme issues. I saw a couple issues of like certain bosses it was down to single digits and frames um which is not good but i didn't see any like game crashing bugs did you no my game hasn't crashed at all my frame rate's been pretty consistent as Mm -hmm. well uh yeah it's from what i can tell the ps5 port does seem to be performing the best like with load times and everything like that uh the xbox of course like doesn't really slouch in any of those categories either but it's you know, of course, the difference is in the PC one without, yeah. without question. Yeah. Um, all right. So I will go with early talks are being done right now, apparently, with Microsoft for Fallout New Vegas 2. Um, they did stress that is early, early development talk. So still a ways off. But I thought it was interesting and I wanted to pose the question for you. Do you think this will be a Microsoft exclusive? Yeah. I think I would think they're going to hold it off of PlayStation. Yeah, I I guess it really depends with how. And I know like you had said, it's very early. Yeah. And it's talking stages. So maybe by that point, like the the stance on exclusives and buying companies is a little different. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't change, I definitely think it'll be an Xbox ex- exclusive without without question. I guess also tying that into it, do you think that Call of Duty that they're taking you off, do you think that has any sort of, not necessarily not on PlayStation, but you know how Sony always had, like, they get DLC first with Call of Duty. Do you think that's the first one where it switches back to Microsoft? I think it's going to be, I have a feeling that 
like Call of Duty will either be available at a reduced price or free on Game Pass mm-hmm. uh, on Xbox and then PlayStation players will have to pay for it or something like that, which is really kind of a it's hard to say it's a crappy thing to do because one Xbox owns it and right. two people are paying for Game Pass. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's it's just hard to see like a game like Call of Duty of uh, be like that you know to be a console exclusive and to have somebody have all the rights to it and control it the way they do is kind of weird to think about and that's why like i don't really know how it's going to go whereas with fallout that's for sure will be game pass day one yeah uh i just uh, i just don't think like fallout and that like studio in bethesda has the name that it used to carry anymore Mm -hmm. um yeah, but New we'll Vegas see, though. Yeah, New Vegas was yeah. a very pop was a very cult classic mm-hmm. and a lot of people liked it. But uh there are so many games like that now. Yeah. Uh where where Fallout and New Vegas was doing something original. Uh there are so many other games that do this now. You know, the post-apocalyptic, you know, sort of atmosphere, the game decision-making sort of thing. There there's a lot there's a lot that already do that. And I would be interested to see how that game sells when it comes out to see whether or not like it break to see whether or not it lives up to expectations, because a part of me doesn't feel like it would. And maybe that's because I'm not the biggest Fallout fan right. or the biggest New Vegas fan. But it I just I just feel like it's not going to sell or be as, I guess, interesting as many people believe it would be. I think. My personal opinion is that a New Vegas 2 will sell extremely well just because of the nostalgia for the first one. Um, but I don't know. You factor in how many people are just going to get it through Game Pass, which would probably include PC as well. So yeah. in general, it's probably not going to sell well. I do think you're probably right. I think we see Call of Duty eventually on Game Pass, even though it would be weird. But then again, MLB The Show is on Game Pass, which is so weird. You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? That, yeah, that like it's day one on Game Pass and then it's a Sony made game. But if you buy it for Sony, you have to pay for it. I just don't and, understand it. <laughs> and maybe something strange is going to happen with that, because like, mm-hmm. to be fair, MLB is the baseball. MLB, the show is the baseball game. Like There really yep. is no competitor to it. And now that Xbox does get a part of that, is it going to be something where sony and xbox have a deal with call of duty like where they're trying to like maybe trade this stuff off i do admit like the show that first year that it was on game pass was really strange and it's coming this year too to game pass yeah they already have it advertised day one free on oh i didn't i didn't even realize that if that's the case then they should like make i don't know playstation should get call of duty for free i don't know it's (laughs) it's all very very weird and i don't understand it but that's just part of like the numbers game and everything that I don't understand. Yeah, it is very weird. I don't know. Like I I saw that when I turned on my Xbox to install Elden Ring, there was an ad for the show. And I was like, I just don't understand how a Sony made game is free on Xbox, but not on Sony. It's just yeah. weird. I don't know. I don't know how they manage that. Um, I would be upset if I only had a PlayStation and I really liked MLB that like people on Xbox didn't have to pay for it or, you know, paid the monthly fee and got it. I would be upset. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess what there's all the talks about like Sony bringing out a new, um, 
like their rival to Game Pass. Mm-hmm. But there's been so many rumors about that for how many months now and we haven't seen anything. Yep. So I kind of wonder whether or not that sort of thing is ever going to happen or come out. Yeah, so hopefully it does. I I don't like that Sony doesn't have that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Next up for me, before I get into like the serious news, is going to be Uncharted movie makes $100 million. Uh, it is doing very well according to expectations for the Sony franchise. And again, like with Uncharted, and I said it last week, it's a good movie. I've got no issues with Uncharted. I've It has a lot of the same feel that I get from National Treasure and, you know, other bits and pieces of other movies. But I went into it kind of not expecting a lot, and I just enjoyed it. That's all I really had to do with it it's not this groundbreaking movie or anything like that but i i like that it's not trying to be a video game or not trying to copy the video game it's just doing callbacks more or less and that that's all right with me i can do that yeah um again i haven't seen it yet so hopefully it ends up on streaming fairly soon so i can check it out and we can have a full discussion so i can't really say too much on it uh, news in the movie slash TV world specifically aimed at you. Near Automata is getting an anime. Yeah. Are you excited or not? Cool. <laughs> no, I think it's cool. Uh, Do we need it? I've played, That's the question. I, I, I don't know if we, yeah, I don't know if we <laughs> needed it. Like the near franchise has sort of exploded mm-hmm. since near Automata. And like, I don't even know how much people really like near replicate or not, but it's strange that all of a sudden now it's getting an anime like years after its release. I don't know whether or not this is something to do with maybe some sort of follow up to near automata, but I guess we have to see. Uh, it it has to be also the popularity of the characters in that game specifically, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I also just think this is square Enix going, okay, we have it like anime studios that are willing to do this. Why not and see how much yeah. money they make? And they'll make money because Nier Automata and like I feel like Nier Automata and like the Nier franchise and the anime community are two <laughs> very much two parts of the same circle or two they parts are. of the same hole there. So true. You'll be there day one very well. I will be for sure. <laughs> and a little bit more of a serious news on my end is if you haven't heard, there is a lot of war going on between Russia and Ukraine right now. This news doesn't necessarily pertain to that war, but uh, on social media, there was a Ukraine air fighter footage that people were passing it around as real like war footage when actually it was just game footage from a game called Digital Combat Simulator World. Uh, It was kind of funny just to see how ignorant people are to like, oh, these are pictures of like war and air fighter stuff. This has to be real. But instead, it's just like footage from a video game. And that's not to downplay any of what's going on. But I feel like I I don't feel like many Ukraine people were looking at that going. That's real because like their situation is very serious and isn't a joke at all where like people who are just suddenly now a bunch of like war experts and poly political science experts going, oh, yeah, that footage, that's real. And then turns out it's a video game sort of stuff. It it sucks that that's the kind of footage it's getting or it sucks that in general, that's what's getting passed around and not ways to help out the Ukraine crisis that's going on now. But, you know, 
to those people to, to to people like do what you can for ukraine like the whole situation sucks and i know everybody's kind of on edge with how this has world ties issues and nato issues and everything like that but you know try instead of maybe posting all the bad and all the horrible maybe try to post some of like you know how you can help instead of mm-hmm. uh, posting horrible stuff doesn't really do anything other than show you how bad war is and if you don't already know how bad war is you know there are plenty of ways to find out uh, how bad it is so i feel like helping would do a lot more good than what sharing footage like this does yeah and there was um this war of mine they're donating all the uh, proceeds from people who buy their games. I'm not sure for how much, how long. I think it's like a week or two to the mm-hmm. war efforts in Ukraine. So I thought that was cool. That's a good way to support if you didn't want to directly support to some cause. Like you could still get a game um, and the proceeds would still help. I've noticed a lot of people have been streaming that the past couple of days on Twitch yeah. and YouTube. So that's good. Um, so yeah, there's definitely ways in the gaming community to show support or actually physically or you know using your money to support um so that's good to see but yeah further proof that people share things without actually looking at them yeah <laughs> double yeah. checking um, people just look at the likes and yeah. see how many times it was shared and go yeah i'll do it too yeah exactly kind of but you know uh best wishes everybody in ukraine hopefully everybody stays safe um and it gets resolved fairly quickly would be nice we don't need a world war three going on around here so yeah i'd prefer not as well <laughs> uh did you have any other news i just got one um from the dice awards uh, okay uh I mean, yeah i heard about this one <laughs> i mean game of the year went to uh it takes two as well so there's that but i just wanted to talk about mr greg miller um in his monologue uh he did you know he had put stuff on twitter earlier that day saying that he was gonna say some things about uh, activision ceo bobby kotick uh and he did um Originally, I watched like the full his full monologue um, and he did say, you know, F Bobby Kotick. But then he did actually fully say it like 30 seconds later. He said, no, never, I'm actually going to say it. So, um, you know, hats off to him for taking a stand on that. Um, I think it's time for Bobby to go. I don't know why he's still there uh, with everything that's been, you know, coming out about him. But I, I mean, that's that's a bold move by Greg to go out there and and not shy away from the issues that are there in the gaming community and using his grand spotlight. I mean, the dice awards are like the Oscars for gaming and to mm-hmm. just take a shot like that, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. it. He definitely is one of the few that kind of makes his name off of like doing stuff like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's in a way like, and I don't want to say he's untouchable because no one is, especially in this sort of climate, right. but the dice awards and like i don't think i don't think he says that during like the game of the year awards no no because no. i feel like that's a lot more watched one and is supposed to be a lot more i guess kid friendly because a lot of other kids are watching that where the dice awards isn't nearly as popular and isn't nearly as watched mm-hmm. like if if i i feel like more adults maybe would watch the dice game awards because you know they're interested in gaming where if Greg Miller said that on the Game Awards and a bunch of kids and their parents were watching it, they would be yeah. like, uh, what did he just say? And yeah. who is this person? And like, I get that. Once you explain it, it would make sense. But I feel like that was kind of the stage where he can make this little bit of news and not have a bunch of people come after him. for it. Yeah. And like, just to fully clarify, I'm not a Greg Miller fan at all. <laughs> um, 
I don't like in general, I don't watch his stuff. I don't listen to his stuff. I've always found yeah, him I... kind of I found him kind of obnoxious uh, and annoying, but I still wanted to give him props for for doing that for sure. Yeah, I'll watch some of his stuff because I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but o- funny. Other, other than that, <laughs> yeah, kind of funny. I, yeah, I, yeah, I can't believe you've done this. Ba-boom. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, the last piece of news I have is a follow up to your Martha is dead. Yes. Uh, story where the game finally comes out and IGN and the developer had finally come out and said that the there's like an added sensor version to this game where, yes, the ripping of the face mm-hmm. does uh, get cut. The cutting into someone's stomach gets cut jokes or I shouldn't say jokes. Sorry. Um but references to like masturbation and suicide mm-hmm. are also cut there. I'm not sure why. Why Sony wanted this extra censored version of the game. Yeah, uh, because. You know what? I guess there isn't too many games on PlayStation like that. Like they've had borderline I, like games that you could almost consider almost pornography on Sony. Right. And Xbox. And I, I think that's different because they're anime, no? Or is Maybe. that not what you're getting at? I don't know. I just feel like we there's been some stuff. Like if you think about some of the stuff, yes, you're cutting off somebody's face, but think about some of the stuff we've seen in like a Resident Evil game. Yeah. I, d- yeah. I don't think it's much worse than that. Yeah, I guess it's more like the act of you doing it or something like that. And I feel mm-hmm. like the reason I make the comparison between Sony and Microsoft is because we also have games like I can't believe you say it, Scorn. Mm-hmm. coming to xbox yes and it's like i guess that makes sense because they're like both of those are kind of shock factor horror mm-hmm. type things and i just don't know very many like especially like exclusive like how scorn is exclusive to xbox where and i'm never gonna say this game's <laughs> this many times again <laughs> and until game Sony, of your discussion i hate you <laughs> and until I don't have I don't see that kind of thing on PlayStation. Like, I guess. I guess I'm surprised, like, and you would know better than I like is until dawn. Like, does that not get anywhere close to that kind of thing? Not no. really. No, no. Uh-uh. it's like it's bloody, but it's not like I think Resident Evil's worse than until dawn. Okay. Seven and eight, specifically seven. Hmm. OK, yeah, I, yeah, I just. now you know like the consumer as well like if you want to get the game and maybe you don't want the super censored version you go to xbox or pc but you know we didn't know what was censored and now we do yeah it is i watched a review for the game and that game oh boy yeah good luck trying to get me to play that sorry i'll play resident (laughs) evil but not that that thing was i think that's the perfect game for you to stream yeah, you're hilarious, but you're not going to get me to get it. You're not going to get me to do it. Think not, of the not views. That type of Think thing. of the content that we could it's, have. Yeah, but it's also about my mental sanity. <laughs> <laughs> True. That's fine. We'll just hold out until the next Resident Evil. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. Resident <laughs> I'm I'm completely okay with that. I, I feel like I know, or I, I shouldn't say I know because of the game will still scare me, but I feel more comfortable with Resident Evil because I did that. Where with Martha is dead, like I saw the review and there's like stuff that I don't I don't know if I ever want to jump into with that. Yeah. So it's definitely trying to push the limit on what is acceptable and what you can handle in a video game for sure. Yeah, wait till Scorn pushes the envelope yes. even further. I'm telling you, game of the year discussion, it's gonna be in there. Whether or not it actually belongs there, I'm gonna make sure it's in there. 
Okay, I can't wait for our game of the year discussions next year. It's uh-huh. either like I can't wait for Scorn to be put in like the worst game of all time a year award. Yep. Or what if it's actually it's, good though? No, that's what I mean. Or yeah. it's going to be this cult classic that gets the horror gaming franchise to new heights. Yeah. Like that's yeah, I would I, as much as like I love gaming, I would hate for that game to be like the pillar of everything, that kind of thing. Agreed. I don't but, have any more news though. And neither do I. So let's go ahead and get into games this week, where, yes. of course, the game of the millennium, another ga- ga- not another game will ever come out in a thousand years that will be as good as this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everybody and we have our impressions on Elden Ring, as well as probably more complete views on Horizon Forbidden West. Did you end up playing anything else? No, because I was determined to try and beat Horizon this week, and I did not. But I am a good somewhere between 20 and 25 hours into that game. Yeah, already. I think I I think I'm a good like 12 to 15 okay. hours into the game. So And then I put a couple hours into Elden Ring. And I'm at, at least already at least 10 hours into Oof. Elden Ring. Okay. So, Which one do you want to do first? Let's do Horizon cuz it's a follow-up from last week. Sure. Uh we now have a lot more base impressions. Mm-hmm. I still hold this game uh and I guess I'm trying to use it as comparison. I still hold this game in higher regard than Elden Ring. Uh, Despite all the memes you will see online where, yes, it just so happens that Forbidden West came out a week before another game. And the whole joke (laughs) is so bad. Yeah, (laughs) because Horizon Forbidden West doesn't deserve this. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm hoping people are still buying Forbidden West and playing it and seeing how great it is and how awesome this experience is. But it's just, again, getting drowned out by Elden Ring and all this Elden Ring stuff. And we'll talk about Elden Ring. A lot of the talk is warranted. Mm-hmm. Um, but to someone like me who is a Dark Souls, like Soulsborn, like veteran, and I've played all these games, it it is refined in a way. And I'll stop talking about it because then it's just <laughs> going to turn into an Elden Ring thing. Yeah, you got to get through Horizon first. Yeah. Horizon Forbidden West is still it's such a fun time. Like. I still enjoy everything about like the animal designs and everything about the side missions and the main missions as well. I guess really the only thing to update me on is that I am finding a weird like bug and I'm not sure if you're experiencing this either, but sometimes I'll be like running around an area or walking and when I jump a blue like lens flare is like showing up occasionally where there is like no enemies or anything like that. It's just a weird like blue lens flare, like where the machine's eyes are blue, but there's no machines around. That's weird. I haven't seen that one. Okay, so it is just me. <laughs> I will say now that I am, I would hope probably, well, I mean, it does get kind of split up because you do have to, I don't want to put like huge spoilers out there, but you do have to go find three things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, um, I have done one of them. So like, I'm assuming that I'm a decent way through the game. I don't know if there's more after you do those three, but um, I did want to say that for one, when you compare it to the original, which I did not finish, uh, I can appreciate that the side missions in this game are more thought out. Yeah, uh, for sure. Like you do these side missions where before in the first one, it was kind of like, go here and do this and then come back. Right. And with these ones, it's like, go here and do this. But when you get there, it's like, this could have been a main mission, right? Like mm-hmm. it kind of feels like it. They put a lot of effort into it. So I appreciate that. Um, I do want to say that this is not a 10 out of 10 game. 
at no. all. I, no. I I think fair is like a seven or eight. Oh, for see, me. for me, it's like at a nine, nine. Mm. There's so I'm having so many bugs. Oh, is there? OK, a ton. Um, okay. So I, maybe it's just me, but like I'm talking about like cut scenes where uh, stuff's popping in. Yeah. Um, stuff's not rendering correctly. I'm having still having issues with controls. Um, the jumping is still weird. Yeah. Trying to grab onto things is still bad. Um, I the story is fine. Um, I don't think it's anything spectacular. It's it's enough to keep me interested. Uh, there's just so much talking, just like the first one. So much. Yeah, there um, is. There <laughs> definitely is a lot of talking in these games. And I was watching yeah. a donkey video earlier before the podcast yep. <laughs> where like Horizon Forbidden West is kind of the more polished version of games that have already come out like this, like Dying Light um, yep. and Pokemon Arceus. Like it just it feels like uh, Horizon Forbidden West is kind of like the the best version of all of these open world sort of games, whereas mm -hmm. it's not, do, you know, it's not doing anything new or crazy. It's just the best version of all the other games that we've had this year. Yeah, I watched that video, too. And like, obviously, he's always over the top on his. Criticisms. Yeah, he's always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of that stuff that he put in there, I have seen as well, like the uh, the people uh, popping in mm -hmm. <laughs> randomly, like I've seen that. Um, but again, like this game is one of the best looking games on console right now. Easily, like easily. Um, I appreciate that all the different areas are extremely different, right? We've already, I've already done a desert uh, winter up on the mountains. I've done the jungle. Like there's a lot out there. Mm -hmm. And I know at some point I'm going towards Vegas. Like that's yeah. been, that's been said. Um, so I do think it's a very, very good game. I just don't think it's a 10 out of 10 masterpiece at all. Uh, just like his video said, Donkey's video said, it is more of the same of a bazillion games we've already played. I just think they did a better job with it. So probably probably an eight for me is where I would sit on the 10 scale. Yeah, it, yeah. For me, it's at a nine. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's just because uh, I'm I'm like fully bought in to, yeah. to the Horizon Forbidden. Forbidden I'm probably going to finish it, which is nice. Like, yeah, the first one didn't draw me in in any way. So it's nice that this one I'm at least interested in where the story is going. So definitely a, a one you should pick up. I just wanted wanted it to be clear that like I don't think it's a perfect masterpiece like some people have said. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree with you. All right. Let's do it. Elden Ring. I think we need to clarify too before we get into it. You are a Souls fan. Yep. And veteran. Yep. I am not. Yes. So 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 people who haven't heard before know are we're on two different sides of the fence here with these games. But go ahead. Yeah. So <laughs> Like and I'm I'm not gonna try to get too much in to and too technical in a way because I I'd, mm -hmm. I'd prefer not to, but what and I think the reason this game particularly is doing as well as it is is because one it's open world which a lot of people like, two it's Dark Souls, um and people have already come to know and like that combat, three the combat is more just evolved and advanced. There are so many more options for people to counter a boss or to avoid like getting up close and personal with a boss with options more so than ever before. 
is the game still hard? Yes. I can already tell you that I've died plenty of times mm-hmm. in my playthroughs. But it, it's hard for me to say that this game is this 10 out of 10 masterpiece. A lot of what uh, I love about this game is the discovery portion where I'm like me and a buddy uh, are playing through the game and he's finding things that I haven't found and I found things he hasn't found and then we share it with each other and then we can play together. Playing multiplayer is definitely the easiest it's ever been on a Souls-like game and I think that does well for Elden Ring because a lot of the times it's harder for people to like get in with each other and play with each other without somebody invading and ruining all the fun. Uh, but like Elden Ring, it looks it looks good. It's not drop dead gorgeous. Like I still think Horizon looks better in in every way. Uh, but Elden Ring does a like I feel like Elden Ring is the pinnacle of Souls games, but like that's not anything crazy to think like I expected this out of it. You know, this has been a Souls game that's been in development for a while and I'm I'm more just surprised at how many people like consider this the greatest thing since sliced bread, because to me, (laughs) it is just a very, very good Souls game. And that's what makes like if I were to put it on a rating, they're both nines and that's both fantastic. They're both incredible games. But I feel like I feel like it's just weird for people to be like, no, this is the greatest thing ever made and the greatest thing ever played like. It. And it goes and it says a lot, too, with like the accessibility sort of thing where not everybody likes to play games that like strain their mental ability. Uh, There's just so much back and forth with like, okay, more people would also play this game if it were easier. But then would people be highly acclaiming this game if it was easier in a way? I guess I guess is the hard thing because everybody all of the reviews are like, yeah, it's hard, but it's fun hard. So is the game not fun if it's easy? (laughs) <laughs> yeah i but, i, I get how it. do you feel um so as somebody who has played every i'm trying to make sure i didn't miss any i played all the dark souls i played bloodborne sekiro i think i've played tried all of them at this point and the demon uh, souls for ps5 yep yep, then yep. You, yeah you got it. um i've tried them all i never stick with any of them um i think like dark souls three was the one i stuck with the longest which is Mm -hmm. weird. Um, But so I'm not a veteran of the series like you are by any means. Um, So me playing this game, I don't see as many things that are different from what I've experienced in previous games, other than it being open world and having a horse. Um, Like those are the, those are the things that jump out at you right away. Right. You're like, Oh, it's open world. That's cool. Oh, I have a horse. I've never had that in a dark souls game before. But to me, like when I'm playing it, I'm like, okay, it's the same light, heavy attack, parry, dodge, roll. That's all the same. That hasn't changed. It's the same font for the text. It's the same. I'm not going to bonfires, but they're, uh, I forget what they're called. Light. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's all to me anyway, as like a casual, I'm like, okay, this is, this is just a Dark Souls game to me. I don't think it, um, it's not on the same level as horizon as far as how it looks. I agree with you there, I, but it does look good. I don't want to say it doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. It looks good. Um, but I just don't see for me anything that special in this version of a dark souls game. Um, but again, I'm not 
diehard playing all these games all the time. I'm still trying to continue to get through it and play it to give it its fair shake. I don't want to play for like an hour and be like, this game's hard. I'm bored. I don't like it. I don't know what to do. I quit. Because if you take like two games that they always compare it to, right? Dark Souls and um, Zelda. Yeah. Those are like two games that I don't like. (laughs) And they're like, hey, we combine them. And originally I was like, I don't want to do that at all. Like that sounds horrible to me. Um, But the idea of exploring and being able to go wherever I want, like right when you got out of there, um, when I first walked out and there was not a boss, but just somebody on a horse, right? And I went and tried to fight him and I died like five times. And I was like, okay, (laughs) let me go somewhere else. Let me try something else. Like I like that idea where I'm not just like banging my head on the wall trying to beat uh, not a boss, but like, I don't even know what you call him, a mini boss, maybe. Yeah, uh, like they're not like the main bosses of the game. And there are tons of smaller bosses like all around the game. Mm -hmm. I just defeated today, like one of like the first main boss. And I think I defeated like seven minor bosses before getting there. So there's a ton Mm -hmm. of like this boss stuff. And that's what people love about Demon Souls is kind of the the fireworks of finally beating that boss, finally getting it down, being rewarded for outsmarting or um, outdueling a, a boss or something like that. Right. It, 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 like I said, it, that is nice because a problem in other dark souls and bloodboard game is the fact that at some point you, you eventually keep banging your head against the same boss where you just end up going back and grinding for more souls mm-hmm. or whatever currency you need to level up and then coming back, hoping that you're strong enough to beat him again. Whereas this yeah, it's exactly it. Like you can go, you can go to that uh, horse, but and I will say, me as an expert guy, I knew not to go to that thing. He's literally mm-hmm. dipped in gold. Like you're not yeah. touching him. Yep. Uh, but it's nice that you can run away from these things and just go and do something else. Like it's not like, and I'm gonna bring it up again. It's not like Fallout seventy six when I spawn in front of a boss that's twenty levels higher than me, kills me in one shot, and then it tracks me all the way down the map. In this game, you can run, just run away and it's going to leave you alone. Right. I I like that. I will admit, like, it is the best Soulsborne game that we've gotten yet. Mm -hmm. And I would agree there. I think out of all of them, this is the best one. Um, It's not really a ramp, but like tied into what you said earlier. I think when I was growing up and like reading all the gaming magazines and then when you started seeing them online, like the reviews on games were so tough that like if something got a nine, it was phenomenal and you very rarely saw a 10. And I feel like we've gone all the way over to the other side where we're giving out tens too often now. Um, and people are like, Oh my God, this game's a masterpiece. I'm just going to say from my personal opinion, this game is not a masterpiece. Like it's good. And I know it's not my style of game. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, it's terrible. I hate it. Not saying that, but like it's not a 10 out of 10. Let's be honest here. And Horizon's not a 10 out of 10. And whenever whatever game comes out next week, Gran Turismo, that's not going to be a 10 out of 10, but they'll probably give it it. Um, <laughs> I just feel like everything when it comes out now, like every game, big game, it's like, oh, my God, this is the greatest game we've ever seen. Like every week now at this point. And I think we got to be a little bit more realistic as far as what we're scoring games as. And like if you like Dark Souls games, you're going to love this game. You're going to absolutely love it. Me, I probably won't beat it. I may play it for another hour or two and be like, you know what? This isn't worth the headache for me. Um, 
I always want to play these games. I always want to start this and be like, this is the one that draws me in. It just hasn't happened yet. So maybe this is the one. Maybe it's not. But I think it's a solid eight or nine. Right. Yeah. I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially considering like when you gave like Horizon a seven or eight. Yeah. Like uh, it just goes to show how good that this Elder Ring game is. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of to me, it's like it didn't surprise me in any way. I loved Sekiro because it was like much different. Yeah from what other Soulsborne games was it like it did this fundamental thing that like forced you to uh parry attacks and deflect and use a whole bunch of tools at your disposal and yes the combat is still the whole light heavy attack guard thing like yeah i get it that is mm-hmm. that is fair points to it and a lot of these games do have that same sort of aspect to it but like for me, Sekiro, I actually still like Sekiro more um, just because that was something that was definitely newer and original. And I think that's why I liked Bloodborne as much as I did as well, is Elden Ring seems to fall in the line of all the other Dark Souls games where I kind of like the Bloodborne Sekiro like ultra fast paced, like running around at high speeds, being able to move a lot more flexibly than sort of the boring or it can be boring sort of dodge mechanic uh, like dodge mechanics of Dark Souls and Elden Ring and the whole put up your shield try to block as much damage wait for an opening attack where in the other games enemies were fat like a lot faster mm-hmm. so you you were more or less required to dodge and it, you were more i guess active i guess it i get more fireworks from Bloodborne and Sekiro is what i'm saying uh <laughs> than what i do with Elden Ring so far at least yeah, and I know I'm going to be irritated when we get to the end of the year and everybody's like, this is the game of the year. I'm going to be annoyed. I really am. Because you know it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's one of these things where everybody has hyped it up for, what, two years now? Yep. Yep. And it's like, wow, it met expectations. Crazy how it met everyone's <laughs> expectations. It's I don't I, I don't know. It's it's strange. It's strange for me t- for this game to like meet and beat expect like and I will say it's beaten a lot of people expectations. But for me, it's for me, it's met it. It's me- it's done what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And it's a fun Dark Souls game that I'm going to play without question. Yeah. And, and, you know, there was the big emphasis on the story, right? Written by yeah. George R. R. Martin. And the story still is kind of. Oh, my eh. God. I, that opening like uh video movie right yeah i got like a minute in and i went don't care skip yeah <laughs> it's so like okay here we go i don't see anything that different than any other dark souls game with their i'll put it in quotation story because stories in dark souls if you really want to know the story you got to go dig yeah like, you got to go into the lore yeah yeah i'm not doing that i i don't <laughs> care <laughs> so that to me with them hyping up that the story i'm like yeah i already don't care about the story just let me go yeah yeah that's i guess it's how we feel about it like both these games are great i do feel bad more for horizon forbidden west because it's now getting overshadowed by elden ring much like how zero, <laughs> yeah much like how zero dawn was sort of overshadowed by breath of the wild mm-hmm. according to a lot of people and one thing i will say is like elden ring like is being compared to breath of the wild a lot and Breath of the Wild was a 10 out of 10 where we mm-hmm. were kind of like eh, on Breath of the Wild again. So it's Five just like, may, 
maybe it, maybe it's maybe it's just that we're jaded at this point by this, but I don't know it. Like I just don't get what people are seeing as like this game of like the greatest game ever made. No one will ever make anything ever greater than this sort of debate. And yep. it's kind of the same thing that happened with Breath of the Wild. Like mm-hmm. I liked those games, but they weren't anything like crazy or that you know got 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 an emotional response out of me. I just think people feel like they have to fight for this game and Breath of the Wild is like the best game ever. I don't yeah. know why they feel that way, but it, it does seem that they're like, no, it is. It just is. And I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. I could think of a couple, quite a few games that are better mm-hmm. personally. But yeah, if you enjoy it, I'm not going to try and steal your joy for this game. Go for it. Go kill yourself a million times in 70 hours. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go ahead and get into movies and TV yep. shows where this week I finished Cuphead. Okay. Uh, I'm able to talk about that. And it turns out for Legend of Vox Machina, that was just a 12 episode series. So I watched that already. Like so okay. that I have full opinions on that. Uh, but other than that, like I didn't I didn't get to watch anything else. What did you end up watching? Well, we're all done with like the weekly shows, right? I mean, Peacemaker's done. Book yeah. of Boba's done. Yeah. Um, but I did get fully finished and caught up with Ozark um, until okay. the, the last the part two of the last season comes out in April. So I'm all caught up there. And then I watched uh, No Exit, which was a movie that came out on Hulu this week. And then I watched the three, five, five. Oh, you know what? I did watch Kingsman. Oh, OK. Well. That's we can right. talk about that. I did watch Kingsman. OK, uh, let's talk let's about talk- it. Yeah, let's talk about Kingsman. <laughs> Give it to me uh okay it's okay uh (laughs) i thought the fight i thought the fight sequences were all right but i was really bored like most of this movie it's just boring Um, there's nothing happening i just don't know why they've gone so far away (laughs) Mm -hmm. from what made the first one so good yep the first one was this less serious more fun cooler like james bond type where now it's about family war and like, Nothing. I don't It's just, it, it, <laughs> it lacks the creativity mm-hmm. that we saw in that first movie. And I feel like that's what sucks about a lot of this. Yep. Cause like, I still think it goes first one's the best. Second one is, is okay. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is the worst out of the trilogy here. I just don't get why I don't get, I just don't know what made them go. Yeah, what what everyone loves about Kingsman is completely different from what made it made it unique and fun. Uh, I just I hate seeing it happen to this happen to the series, because after the first movie and the second movie, I was really into it Um, because even the second movie is all right. But the second movie still does a lot of that fun stuff that I like. And but the third one just kind of throws that all away. Goes, Here's the origin story that yeah. no one cares about. I, I don't know. Maybe it's because they couldn't get Taryn back. Maybe. I don't know if that's the case or not, but like they couldn't get Eggsy and they're like, oh, let's just do a prequel. Maybe. I don't know. But like there's just nothing about this movie that I thought was memorable. It's boring. The story is who cares? Uh, how do you feel about Rasputin? I thought he was all right. <laughs> it was so weird. Obnoxious. He's so annoying. He's he's weird. That's like plenty for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought like the fight scene with him was all right. Uh, Like dancing that that had some sort of creativity to it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
Whereas the other ones, the end, like even that was just boring. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> so strange. Such so a strange. weird take to go to the prequel route and then to just go away from everything where it's supposed to be this James Bond type agency, but they're like, you know what would be better? A movie about a war. Yeah, that sounds cool. No, yeah. no, yeah. I don't get it. I really don't. Yeah, Uh, because like at some like and I will say, too, that this movie was so hard to follow. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know why England wanted Germany out of the war, but then somebody wanted the U.S. to be in the war so that the war could go, but then destroy England. Like there's too (laughs) many of these like weird plot hole things that they're trying to have the movie go off of and motivate the characters that I'm just like, what? And why does this rich dude care? Right, (laughs) right. I I don't I don't get what makes him so involved Uh, like I get it. He's a duke and he's rich, but I I just yeah, I don't get it. Like it it, this didn't pull the story in as well as the other ones did. Yeah, they had a potential to have a cool franchise, and I think this probably killed it. Honestly, like I don't see them making any more after this. Yeah, we have to see or at least stop doing this prequel crap and. Yeah. Start and start looking to get, you know, Taron Edgerton, I think is his name, yep. mm-hmm. uh, to do more of these films or get him more on it. But. And he's more popular now than he was when the first Kingsman came out. That kind of shot him up there. But yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird choice. And everything in that movie is a weird choice. Yeah. It just doesn't hit well. Um, if we want to talk about like movies that suck, we can just stay on that train. Let me give you the three, five, five real quick. Uh <laughs> I feel bad for this movie. Like, I don't know why. Yeah, I do, but, too. I do, too. I, I feel like for a lot of it, like, um, it's the whole thing where, like, people want more creativity out mm-hmm. of, like, Hollywood. And 355 tries to do that, I think, because yeah. I didn't even watch it. But just due to the trailers, you know, OK, this is a a woman cast. Yeah, and they're trying which is to cool. Different. And they're and these are fairly heavy hitters, right? That they're bringing yeah. in for for these roles, but, uh, the story is dumb. Um, (laughs) whoever wrote it sucks. And I feel so bad because like, you can tell they're all trying. They're not like phoning this in. And I remember when I first saw the trailer, I was like, Oh, that seems interesting. Like a long time ago, like six months ago. Yeah. Um, but I I would say, I was like, it's not something I'm going to watch in theaters. And then when it popped up on, um, I think it's on Peacock paramount one or the other i was like oh sweet i can finally watch that it's oh my god it's a bore <laughs> um and i felt uh is it jessica chastain i believe is that yeah. her name um she has like i think she has the potential to be a good action star in movies i think she could pull it off and there's a scene near the beginning where they're trying to whatever to progress the story and she's chasing somebody down and I had flashbacks to Jurassic Park when they had her running in heels. Yeah, they did it again. <laughs> I'm just like, why are we? She is an agent who was going to this meetup. She knew there was might be issues. And yet she still decided to show up in a dress and heels and then end up having a long extended chase sequence chasing this other woman in a dress and heels. <laughs> I'm just like, why? You knew this was an issue with Jurassic park and then you just did it again and it's not her fault, but like, it's just, man, there's not a whole lot going on in this movie. And I was super disappointed because I wanted this to be something cool 
indifferent, yeah. but man, it is not, not at all. Uh, let's talk about Cuphead. Okay. Uh, I think this is definitely a really cool original idea. Uh, and you're completely right after kind of looking at and seeing all of the episodes now. I can see why, like, uh, your kid is interested in the series. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of nice that they're getting, like, me with, like, the Cuphead sort of area and, like, the old-style animation. And it's something that's new and cool to watch for your kid. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's getting that unique blend. And even most of the... Um, what was it? Most of the TV rating says it's, like, you know, seven for youth. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, I'm, it, you know, it's kind of surprising, but also makes sense. Uh, I enjoyed the series and it's really easy to like pick up and go watch and just drop. Uh, and maybe that is a negative on it because it doesn't really <laughs> stick with you. Uh, but it's it is it's fun while you're watching it and it doesn't require you to really think about it too much. Does it end up having like a story going through all the episodes or is it just like individual episodes? No, so uh, in the end, it was about three or four that are connected. Okay. Where Cuphead owes the devil his soul. Right. Um, and they kind of play with that in a couple of the episodes, and but it's, you know, it's it's a fun little concept. But the the episodes aren't in order. Like oh. you'll have it another episode, like two episodes that are not even like remotely combined to that. <laughs> like they forget mm-hmm. that Cuphead owes the devil his soul. And then the next episode, it'll kind of pick up and be like, the devil's like, I need cup, uh, Cuphead soul. So, and <laughs> okay. then that brings it all back up. But yeah, it's it's definitely weird um, that they decided to go with like that route where it, it kind of reminds me of The Witcher in a way, the first season of The Witcher, where it was really hard to follow because the episodes were not in chronological order, mm-hmm. except for a few of them that were tied to the present events of what was going on in the Witcher universe. Whereas here, like, I guess because it's a kid's show, it doesn't, I guess it's, it's hard to say, but it really doesn't matter. Okay. Like what order you watch these in. Uh, okay. it, it doesn't feel disconnected or disjointed. It's just like, oh, they're following up on a plot from this kind of like Animaniacs, which I've compared to the series to before. Right. I think that I could be wrong, but like that always kind of seems like a product of, cartoons in my youth where there wasn't really a connecting thing because they would randomly put episodes on TV out of order all the time. And I felt like that was how they got around it, but they're like, Oh, each episode is like a self-contained, even like X-Men in the nineties. When I watched it, like even that was kind of that way where you could watch one and then watch one that was like a season later and still be know what's going on for the most part. Yeah. So maybe that's what they're going for. Um, where you could put this on TV and just randomly throw an episode and be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe that's just the style they're going for. Um, All right. So no exit, which is on Hulu. This was another movie that I was, had seen a trailer for, I think a couple weeks ago and was moderately excited for. Um, And I'm going to forget the name and hopefully you can help me remember, but there was a movie that I know we both watched. Um, What is it called? Um, where they're in a hotel uh, and it has uh, Chris Hemsworth and uh, murder at the El Casino Royale. Yeah, or that one. Murder, that at, one. murder at the El Royale. But yes, yes, that one. It has John Hamm in it. Yes. Yes. That's what this trailer reminded me of. Um, and I okay. was like, OK, I can get down with that. Um, it has to do with a girl who is trying to get to a hospital 
um, because her mom is in the hospital on her way there. It's snowing really bad. So they divert to a uh, visitor's welcome center. And there's like, it's her and four other people in this welcome center. Um, and she goes at some point, she goes outside and looks in the back of this van because she hears something and there's a kid in the back wrapped up in like with duct tape over her mouth. So in the trailer, you're looking at it like, okay, this is one of those movies where you're trying to figure out who did it, which is cool. Like that's a cool concept for a movie. Um, I think this movie's decent. Uh, I will say I'm not going to give any spoilers or anything like that. Um, for a movie that that advertises itself as who did it, who's the one responsible, who's kidnapped this kid, they tell you like 20 minutes in, <laughs> like oh, okay. um, like immediately, um, you pretty quickly she figures out who it is. There are some twists still in there uh, about halfway through and one at the end um, that I saw coming, but they first to be advertised that way and then immediately go and tell you that like, Oh, she figured it out already. And then kind of turn into, um, she figures it out. And then the person who is responsible kind of like goes on a spree kind of, you know what I mean? Like killing people. Um, it kind of goes that into like, it goes from like a thriller into like, all right, I'm just going to murder everybody now. Um, okay. but it's still enjoyable. I thought it was a decent movie. It's just not what I expected. I was expecting like those other movies where I'm like, all right, I'm going to see if I can figure out who it is before we get to the end of the movie. Now they're going to tell you like right away. So as long as you can kind of curb your expectations, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, it's a definite recommend it's on Hulu so you can check it out. But, uh, yeah, it's not terrible. It's just not as good as I was hoping it to be. Yeah, like you mentioned that, and it also reminded me like another movie that came out uh, recently, Death on the Nile. Yeah, it's also exactly like these other one movies where mm -hmm. it's just like murder. Which I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, I've been meaning to see it, but I forgot that it came out. To be honest, and uh, Murder on the Orient Express, right? That was another one. Murder on the Orient Express, Express Knives Out. And yep, now that I out. think about it, it is weird how many of these movies we're getting. I guess mm -hmm. because knives out was such like a commercial excess now yep. everybody wants to get in like these self-contained murder mystery yeah which i'm of, all um, for i think they're fun yeah they are yeah. uh i've i've been the one thing i will say though is like these movies are fun to watch once yep other than that yeah, you never i really watch don't again. yeah other <laughs> than that and i think it's because like the suspense of it all like you might watch it again to mm -hmm. see if you like get the little plot holes like that showed you who the killer right. was and how it makes sense, which is why Knives Out works as well as it does, because it really is very it does that very well. Yep. But uh, some of the other movies like it just doesn't. Uh, some of those other movies don't grab you in the way they should, and I'm hoping mm -hmm. that Death on the Nile is one of those that like is fun to watch. But yeah, after watching these types of movies once, you almost never think about it. Yeah, because I haven't watched Knives Out since the first time I watched it, and that's a fantastic movie. I just had no desire. Exactly, yeah, because <laughs> the suspense and the thrill of it is all gone. Yep. At, yep. at the end of it. If only you could erase your memory for that movie and watch it again. I know, right? You'd have to like watch <laughs> it like five years down the line again where you yeah. don't remember anything. True. But a lot of the times that's the stuff you remember is, oh, that's right. This is who the murderer is. Yep. That kind of thing. So. I get it. Uh, so kind of full aspect on uh, Legend of Vox Machina, the critical role series on Amazon Prime. Uh, I really like it. It's a good animated series. Uh, I've, it kind of goes through two like major story arcs. 
and I feel like the second one is by far like my favorite of them where one of the characters has this really dark past and they kind of go into it and try to solve uh, what the dark past is. And it kind of keeps going and keeps throwing a couple um, like new things into it, like as to like, oh, now this happened. Now this happened. And now this is why he's like this and, and whatnot. I'm trying not to spoil it, but um, there's a huge accent sequence at the last two episodes that are really well done, animated well and are fun to watch. Um, not again on Demon Slayer level, make that very clear, not on Demon Slayer level, <laughs> but uh, it, it is a really good fantasy series. You don't have to really know D&D to get it or listen to the podcast to get it, but the voice acting performances are all very good, and I think it's because the people in Critical Role are playing their characters in this animated uh, form of the Critical Role campaign. So they're all tied to them very well. There's callbacks to the campaigns that they do like in the actual show. And I just think, yeah, it's a good overall show. You really, if you're a critical role fan, you're let's be honest, you're already watching it. Uh, but if you're not, uh, I can tell you that it is a fun, like adult animated, uh, adult and, uh, animated fantasy, uh, show. Yeah. That's how I'll put it. What's the score out of 10. Now that you finished it. I think I think and uh, again, it's like eight or nine for me. Like uh, I watched it and I liked it like they would they would put three episodes down and I watched all three simultaneously um, because it's fun to watch. And it's it kind of hooks you. At least I think it does. It hooks you in a in a pretty good way where uh, you're kind of watching this like band of like group of people instead of becoming the laughing stock of like the city they live in. They end up being the heroes because, you know, they're all they all can work together and know how to. It's just a matter of whether or not somebody messes it up. And there's some good funny moments in it, too. So it belongs to be taken and put into the anime corner on the wall? With your other <sighs> anime grades? Does it belong With up there? my other anime grades. <laughs> you have to picture your fictional wall, your, your corner here. Does it yeah. go up on the shelf with Demon Slayer and I'm trying to think of other ones that were up there? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay. I'd say, yeah, right. I'd say it does. Mark it down. It belongs I, on the shelf. Yeah, I don't consider it an anime, uh, much like how I don't consider like how I love like Star Wars, Clone Wars, the animated mm -hmm. series. Um, like I can like I don't consider that anime, but yeah, it definitely is one of the better uh, one of the better animated series you can watch. We need to make like a uh, some sort of like picture of your corner and then we'll just add to it. Different. I could I, I could do cool. that like, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and we're kind of getting into the end of the podcast here. But for mm -hmm. the uh, my plan is to start doing video podcasts again, uh, yeah. as long as video and everything kind of works up. Episode 100, I did plan on bringing it back now that I'm fully into uh, like life changes have sort of settled down now. So I'm able to handle it a lot better and hopefully get to a, uh, an editing sort of groove to where I can have the podcast version out on Tuesdays and hopefully have the video version out on Thursday or Friday. Yeah. That's my hope. That'd be cool. So, uh, did you have anything else you want to talk about before? Just the, um, Ozark. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. Tell me about Ozark. Okay. My, so you know, everybody tells me to watch it, but I won't, <laughs> you won't watch it. I don't, I, I just mean like, I just haven't gotten to okay. it or haven't. So Ozark's an interesting one because I think it belongs on like one of, like one of the top uh, TV shows of all time. I think it belongs up there, but I've never hated so many characters in a TV show before in my life. <laughs> like 
95% of the characters in this TV show, I just cannot stand. So it's almost like you hate watch it, right? Because you're like, I can't stand these people. I hate seeing them. I hate hearing them talk. But I still need to watch because I need to know what happens to them. And hopefully they all get a terrible ending, um, except for like the two that I enjoy. Um, but I think that speaks to how well it's written and how well everybody in the show is acting um, that you just despise so many people. Everybody has their own agenda. It's all bad. Um, <laughs> but I just think it works very well. So originally when I finished it, when I have my list of like top TV shows for the year, I sat there and I was like, this doesn't belong on there because I hate everybody. But then I'm like, no, it probably does because of the hate and just pure anger I have towards some of these people in the show. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a show that'll test your, your patience with people, but I think it is a phenomenal TV show. I think you should watch it. Um, four episodes or four seasons. This is the last season. Part two comes out in April and then it'll be done. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy the show a lot. Cool. I, I should watch it. When you say like hate watch it, it almost reminds yeah. me of House of Cards before. Yep. Um, like when House of Cards was good in the early seasons mm -hmm. and before we knew about Kevin Spacey and all the horrible things he did. Uh, yeah, same thing. Same thing. Uh, you will. Yeah. It's you're just you hate these people, but you have to know what happens to them. Yeah. Yeah. No. OK. If that that's definitely a good way to put it, and that'll definitely get me interested in it. Who knows? Mm -hmm. That'll going to be the same things with Kingsman, where I just after this <laughs> podcast, I go downstairs and watch it or start it at least. There you go. You got to give it a couple episodes, though, because the first two episodes I wasn't a big fan of. And then after that, I kind of jumped in. So. Cool. All right. I, I really should give it a shot. A lot of people have told me it's pretty good, so I need to do so as well. Do you need to watch Ozark Mexico as well to get no. this? Or no, 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 no. No, no okay. you can just stick with the, the main one. All right. Good, good, good update for me. <laughs> but that's going to be it for the podcast. We thank you guys for listening. If you liked it, please make sure to share it with friends or you people that you think you know would like it. And also make sure you review it on your podcasting listening platform of choice. If you're interested in emailing us and her questions, we have an email at highsensitivitypodcast at gmail.com. And we're also available on all social media sites, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, but that does it for episode 99. Uh, kind of didn't say it in the beginning, but we are getting to episode 100 here. Uh, Craig and I are both excited to hit like episode 100 because it's a fun little milestone for us and how long we've been doing this. Yep. Uh, so to all those that have been with us, whether you started from episode one or you start here from episode 99, uh, thank you for listening to get to 100. Uh, it's kind of like a passion project for Craig and I, but we both really enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Here's to another 100. Yeah, here's to another 100, <laughs> hopefully. And with, <laughs> with that, we'll see you guys next time. See you later. Thank you.